They were having an adult conversation, and I heard my uncle Louis say, "I don't drink." No, no, I just don't drink. Well, I wanted to be like him, so I just stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I lasted but a day did, or two. What did he mean when he said I don't drink? Well, don't he drink meant alcohol, alcohol. But right. at five years old, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was sucking on that lettuce like nobody's business. <laughs> Are you the type of person that listens in on other people's conversations in restaurants? Are you a nosy son of a gun with nothing else to do? Are you out walking your dog looking for an interesting conversation? Are you standing out on the ledge of a building ready to jump, wondering what life is all about? Well, you've come to the right place. Subscribe to Chat Buffet on iTunes, Google, or Spotify. Chat Buffet, the podcast for arbitrary thoughts and everyday observations. Hello. Hi, Joe. Oh, hi, Asha. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Chat Buffet. Hey, Joe. I have a question for you. I'm ready, Asha. <laughs> Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I know you and I have gone out to eat before, and with spouses, with or without, you know, however. But I've gone sometimes in a group. My question to you is: Do you actually order food differently if you're splitting the bill with a group? Oh. I didn't expect that one. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been hanging out with Scott. He goes out of his way to pick up the tab when he's with me now. Oh, and how it's nice! So oh, that's so sweet. It is really sweet. Uh, and Scott, if you're listening, thanks again. <laughs> But I always end the evening with, "Had I known you were going to pick up the tab, I would have ordered double." <laughs> you know, whenever I've done that for somebody else, and I knew I was going to do that, but I don't say it into, and that I don't say it even the beginning, middle, or end. At the end, when the check comes, and I just do it. Whenever the other person says that, I don't know. I always feel like that's a little like ache. <laughs> 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 Here's the thing: if you go out with a group of people, and it's people that you know like this, that's one thing. If it's coworkers from work, you're not really expecting to have to pick up the tab, right? And you know it's going to get、right. split at the end. Right. So no, when you go in and you know that it's going to get split at the end. And let's say there's ten people, and you're like the fifth person to order. Are you listening to see like how many people ordered steaks versus like a, a, just a salad, maybe? Or I'd feel slighted, frankly, if everyone was ordering a prime rib, and I had a salad, and I was stuck with a thirty-five, forty-dollar entree bill. I gotta say, I probably listen too. When I've been with the group, the people right next to me will often say. So Asha, what are you going to order? Or you know, you say that back and forth with each other. Like if you were sitting next to me, I might say, Joe, what are you going to order? And、uh, it's curious <laughs> to me because they might tell me something, and then when it comes time to order, they're actually ordering a salad, a soup,、uh, the main meal, and a dessert. You know, not just the、right. main meal. They're they're ordering like every single course. I have to say that nothing puts my hackles up more than somebody asking me, Joe, what are you going to order? Well, wh what possible <laughs> difference could it make to you? Really? I'm having dry toast. <laughs> I find that so funny. Why does that bother you? Oh, it's a very common thing with women, at least. Oh, Wanda asks me that every time we sit down. <laughs> What are you going to order? Like, why? Because why? if there was a chance that we we're going to share something, if it's my husband and that's I, that's just it. I don't want to order、it. the exact same thing because I want to try my own. I might want to take a few bites of his. With your own spoon, of course, you germaphobe. <laughs> But I have seen in a group, okay, where someone will say at the end, 
either I ordered more than other people, my meal was more expensive, whatever, I'm throwing in a few extra bucks. Right. You know, let's say like you went around and ordered and you ordered that prime rib and I don't know if they even pay attention to the fact that other people did or did not, but they'll just say, I want to throw in an extra few, whether yeah. it's because they got extra drinks or whatever. In the old days where everyone put a lot of cash and said, "I'm okay, I'm going to throw in another 10 or so, that would be relatively easy. Oh, true. We were this last weekend, largely three couples. When the check came, here are three credit cards just divided into thirds. Right, true. So it's a little harder to, to say, let me kick in a few. Oh, that is right. I feel I especially bad or slighted, depending on which side of the, the teeter-totter I'm on. If I'm drinking a beer and someone's been having double 18-year-old scotch all night. Yeah. And, and each one of those is 15 bucks. Yeah, you know, that, that adds up after a while. Well, or, you know, and when I, someone's done that, they could easily say, you know what, um, although they're splitting the bill, they don't split the tip. So you can say, let me cover the tip. Ah, uh, yes. So I guess that's another way to do it is just to add in something additional or something else. I've had situations where I've gone out with a group of people and usually at, at my age, you know, everyone else is like parents also. They might say, oh, I want to take a meal to go. Hmm. So I think things like that, if you're taking an extra meal to go for your kids or for whoever else is at home or for you for later on or however you want to do it, then you should pay that extra meal separately. Why not just ask the waiter or waitress for separate checks at that point right from, right from the get-go? Yeah, you could do that too. I know it's old fashioned. Right, right. I think if it's like, um, I know with a couple of other couples where I go out and we get sushi. So it's just like a whole bunch of sushi in the middle of the table and we're all just kind of, you know, picking. I know there's no way I, I can eat nearly as much as some of the other, definitely not nearly as much as the men, but not even as much as the women. But that is just what it is. So I, I don't worry about it. it. You know, we often try to go to places that are BYOB. So that's not an issue. Right. I have another friend, though, that really doesn't drink. And it doesn't matter what the situation is or how we're splitting the bill. She just doesn't drink. She doesn't try to order a drink just because it's going to be split differently. But we recognize that enough if it's the same group of people. We know she doesn't drink. And this was years ago. So we would just say, you don't have to either pay a tip or we'll kick in a little bit more. Or you pay a little, you know, something to right. compensate for that. It gets complicated. This was an issue that came up on Dear Abby once. Basically, it was a woman just harping about how she was with a bunch of people who drank and added, ordered extra appetizers, and then they split the bill. And Abby says, well, if you have a problem with that, then next time, just order a separate check. And if you don't remember to do that, then you have no right to complain. Interesting. The old days. The old days, right. Now with all these, you know, like you said, everyone throws in a credit card automatically. That makes it a little bit different too. Yeah, I wonder how much that still happens. And it's easier now with the separate credit cards to even ask for a separate check. I remember the waitresses rolling their eyes if you asked for separate checks and you came in with like a party of four. You know, they're like, oh God, now I got to like do all separate stuff. But I don't see that as an issue or a problem anymore. I think you can just about go anywhere and still ask for separate checks. I think so. A lot of it's electronic these days. Yeah. So I don't think it makes a difference for them. If it's a bit of a hassle, if you're a party of 12 and you want 12 separate checks, then I would certainly do a little better than 20% tip at that point. Yeah, that's a good way to compensate the waitress for, for the extra work that it is. But I do think generally that people will order differently if they think that the bill is going to be split evenly. Right. Or pay for by somebody else. <laughs> Got that, Scott? <laughs> you you don't do that? You don't think you do that? If you know someone else is going to pay for it? Uh, yeah, 
I'm disinclined to order a, a dessert at that point. I'm disinclined to have like a hard cocktail. If, if I'm paying it on my own, I don't mind ordering a Cosmo at a restaurant or maybe a second, but it's how they make money. They're marked up and oh, they're sure, expensive. Sure, they are very expensive, yeah. Almost close to the price of the meal sometimes. Well, I think people are going to have to pay attention to that when they go out to eat next time to see what they end up doing. And I like it if someone in the group automatically says, oh, do you mind if we get separate bills right up front before anyone orders? That's right. That way you know. And then you can say, oh, no, I just want a salad and water, please. (laughs) 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 I have another question for you, though. This is, I think, again, I don't know, sign of the times. When I say sign of the times, it's not COVID times. Just I don't know when it happened. And I don't know if you remember, but. Why is it that generally when anyone goes out anywhere, they have to take a water bottle with them everywhere? Do you remember (laughs) like growing up? Like I never always had like a water bottle with me. But you do now. We've turned into a nation of slugs. (laughs) Gotta hydrate. There was this pseudoscience that came out a couple of years ago that said you need eight glasses of water a day. That has largely been discredited. Yes, but that science had been out for a long time because I remember hearing that when I was pregnant and Mm. that was over 20 years ago. I didn't carry water bottles around with me everywhere 20 years ago, but now I feel like everyone does. It doesn't matter where you go, even if it's for a short little quick thing. It's like, where's my cell phone? Where's my water bottle? Where's my mask? (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you walk into a conference room these days, you just notice everyone has a mug with them whether it's a coffee mug, a water thing, something. That didn't used to be that way before. (laughs) When I was a small child, I was hanging around at my grandmother's house, and my Uncle Louie was there, who I greatly respected. They were having an adult conversation, probably about going out to a club or going out to a bar, and I heard my Uncle Louie say, I don't drink. No? No, I just don't drink. Well, I wanted to be like him, so I just stopped drinking. (laughs) (laughs) i lasted a day or two what did he mean when he said i don't drink well he meant alcohol alcohol, but at five years old i didn't know that (laughs) i was sucking on that lettuce like nobody's business (laughs) i probably actually don't drink enough water on a regular basis Mm. you know on a day-to-day basis i'm just not good at it i have a friend that in the span of a meal she'll go through at least two or three refills yeah it's not a bad idea It's great. I think it's wonderful. I know that if I sit down for a meal and they put water there, I don't normally ask for water, but if it's there and I take a sip and immediately if I feel like 50% better, then I know, oh, I got to drink more of this stuff, you know, that I'm dehydrated. Right. They say by the time you feel the symptoms of dehydration, it's too late. It's too late. You're supposed to be. (laughs) You're not going to die. That's draconian. It's too late. Oh, my God. Meaning that you should have drank earlier. doesn't mean you too late as drunk, if you're going to... drank earlier? Yeah, yes. drank earlier. Yeah. But, you know, I mentioned that I play tennis and stuff. I see different people, like, some people, like, chug a whole lot of water. Some people just take sips in between. That is the one time that I actually and feel the need to drink more if I'm yeah. physically active like that. But I don't go on, like, long hikes, and I'll only have, like, one water bottle with me, and I don't even finish that. But then I have to, like, conscientiously force myself to say, oh, I need to drink. I remember being on the sailboat earlier in the middle of the summer. It was hot. I was struggling to put the mast up. It -hmm. was in the 90s and high humidity. And we brought three or four bottles of water with us. Mm -hmm. And I I had way more than my share, I'm embarrassed to say, even before we got out on the water. It was such a 
struggling. I was drained that we, we got out in the water and there was one bottle left for to eat oh, our no. meal with, you know, this yeah. is really funny, but this is another one of those things. I wonder if it's contagious because I'm when I'm with other people that are drinking a lot, mm. it just reminds me. And then, so I start drinking more. It's kind of a social experiment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like do you eat with Ricky regularly these days. Yeah, we do. So you sit down at the table mm -hmm. and think about how many times he reaches for his glass and then you do the same. Yeah, yeah. Because it happens between Wanda and I. Even in terms of eating, though, I think I eat a lot more when I'm eating with him versus mm -hmm. if I'm just eating on my own. I eat as much as I want and then I stop. And then yeah. if we're eating and talking, then we continue talking and he's still eating or I'm the slow eater anyway. Usually no one else is still eating when I'm done. <laughs> like, like my wife, you know. But the, you know, talking about the, the cadence of the meal, where for whatever reason we could be eating a meal, she'll go for the wine, and without even thinking, I'll reach for the glass as well, huh. or the water, if that's what we're having. So I wonder if they had a video camera in a restaurant, and you were looking at various different tables. You mm. can see, well, like when one person reaches, the other person reaches, if that's like a thing. I bet Who it knows? is. <laughs> But I just think it's interesting when you go into a store to buy a water bottle. Just think of it. How many different kinds of water bottles are there out there? What a I, scam. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the spout, the ones with the, the filter inside, the ones with the straw, the ones... Oh, darling, I'm just talking about how many different types of water they sell these days. Oh, that too. Types Ionized, of water. Yeah. Yeah. The flavored and... High calcium or or the slight lime flavor just, or uh, how about all the brands there's just a ton of brands oh, yeah. when you go into this a grocery water store. we're talking about i know i know and again same type of thing like years ago we didn't even buy water we, it was just like tap water and that was it <laughs> i'm from the bronx i used to drink from an open fire hydrant <laughs> it made me strong <laughs> and it made you as tall as you are <laughs> yeah that's right the uranium 238 in it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I get some of that? <laughs> I drank out of water faucets, not the fire hydrant. Yeah. No, we have open fire hydrants regularly. When I was five years old, I used to hang around with my brother and his friend Paulie on Morris Avenue. And there was an apartment building that had the ground floor apartment was empty. And it had been for a while. The super of the place was an old man who could barely walk and he had a cap on and the kids used to torment him. We would go into this empty apartment and drink water out of the faucet. Oh. And then he, the old man would show up and he would yell and scream at us. And, and Paul used to call him, look, it's Baldy being run. And because he had the cap on, he had a bald head <laughs> and he would chase after us and he would throw stuff at us and he couldn't, he had no hope of catching us. Baldy being Baldy. Anyway. Oh my God, you guys sound horrible. But the water tasted great out of that faucet. <laughs> I'm sure it did. That's probably why you did it, right? It was forbidden. It was a forbidden water. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there is a difference between different public water, even state to state, area to area. Oh, yeah. You know, I lived in New Jersey before, and I think the water had one taste, and then I moved to another state, and the water had a different taste. I thought one of the best water was in New Hampshire. Really? Oh my God, that water was so good. So good. We were <laughs> I don't know if you're putting me on. No, I'm serious. We we're traveling um, through New Hampshire and it was a long trip. So I had several water bottles in the car with me. We stopped off at a rest area of all things. It was just a rest area. We got gas and then went in to use the restroom and there was a water fountain out there. So I went to get a little bit of water in the water fountain. I was like, oh my God, this water is so good. 
So I went back to the car. I took all my water bottles. I dumped out the water that was in there, and I refilled it with that tap water. And I told a friend of mine that story, and she said, people love their water. People come across the state just to get their water. Hmm. It's kind of funny that I lived in lower Manhattan, and they said that New York has some of the best water in the world. Yes, it does. That might be the case when it's coming down from the reservoirs in the north and you happen to live in Harlem. But by the time it gets down to 8th Street, it tastes so hard. I mean, it, it, you could taste the metal in it. Are you serious? No, I think oh, New yeah, York City yeah. water is so good. Well, maybe. But in order to get from the city supply up to our tap on the second floor, it has to go through a lot of old pipes. This is a 100-year-old home. Well, I mean... I've stayed in hotels, and those hotels are not new either. They're very, very old, definitely. The Roosevelt, I'm trying to think of the names of some of the other hotels that are, I know they're historic, they're old. The hotel's right on Times Square, mm. and those definitely know. have old pipes, but somehow it tastes you know, really anything good. over six stories in New York, the pressure can't get to them. They have to pump locally up to a water tower on top of the building, so it stays there, and then it comes down into the tap of the hotel. I don't know if the water quality changes by the time it does all that. I don't know. Any place I've ever been in New York, maybe it's just psychosomatic or something. Like, I just know, like, it's New York, it's going to have good water, they're going to have good pizza. <laughs> yeah, good pizza, good bagels. Good bagels, yeah. All depend on that really good water. So, I have another question for you. Ooh, okay. All right. So, this is the time of COVID. Do you have any strategies for lifting your mood? Yeah, I switched from heroin to cocaine, largely. <laughs> and that has it uh, helped you a little bit? <laughs> couldn't hurt (laughs) get the better quality stuff huh well i just think it's been really difficult last few months for people now we have the colder weather coming i I think a couple of those things a couple of factors like colder weather shorter days you know it's funny i had a friend who i would socialize with he was a biker pal of mine we would get together once in a while as uh, the winter days set in he was so bummed out by the shorter days and the longer nights that he had to stop drinking around november 1st because it would just depress him oh really he would fall into this downward spiral. And I can understand that. If he continued to drink, he thought that it would affect his depression even more. Yeah. Well, that was very smart of him. It was very conscientious of him to recognize that and say, okay, I'm not going to drink because he could have been thinking the other way and saying, well, it's dark. It's depressing. I'm going to drink more. He must go to this dark place that he's just looking to avoid. Must be. Generally speaking, COVID or no, whenever I'm looking to uplift my mood, I just set my mind to taking action. And I make sure that I start the day every day. I hop out of bed and I make the bed. I put out a to-do list. I start working. And that generally will take my mind off of things that are bumming me out and, and put me in a better mood. That's a great strategy, actually. So you're saying like the physical activity right in the morning helps you start your day off the right way, get you in the right mood. That's right. You know what? I'm very, very similar to that. When I'm having a bad day, I can't sit here like at a computer to do something. I don't want to do something where I'm not being active. I look at what I need to get done in the day and I pick off the things that are more physically active. It might be, you know, something that's on my list or if there's nothing on my list that way, then I'll try to go out for a walk or something. But I think getting outside, seeing the sky or moving and being physically active are very, very important. Not even necessarily physically But making that to-do list, making a mental note of my accomplishment on any given day, it helps me map out a strategy. It takes me out of dwelling on whatever negative is going on in my life. And it focuses more on accomplishments at that point. Puts me in a better mood. 
Now, I used to, I, I still like talking to people, but I found that if I start my day off and I'm not in the greatest mood, but I call somebody to kind of like pet myself up and to get talking, it actually doesn't necessarily always work to the extent that I want it to work. Because mm. I, I think I end up like talking and then I have a good time. And then next thing I know, an hour has passed by and I look at the watch and I'm thinking, oh my God, it's already this time and I've gotten nothing done. So it actually at the end of the conversation, it makes me feel worse. Although during the conversation, it made me feel better. <laughs> right. It's a momentary distraction. Yeah. Yeah. I was on Facebook this morning and one of Wanda's friends is having a hard day and she didn't go into specifics. Mm. Although I get the impression it's possible that a pet of hers might have passed away. Oh. And with all this morning, she says, I never do this, but I feel like I want to have a drink. Oh. A couple of people said, well, I wish I could join you, mimosas or something, you know? Yeah. And I wrote down the, the joke I often use in that instance. You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. <laughs> and she really appreciated that. In fact, although I've never actually spoken to her because she's one of Wanda's friends, right. she wrote back and says, I love you, Joe. Oh, it was sweet. Oh, yeah. That was kind of like, this is permission, but this is just a fun way of thinking about it and go ahead and drink if you want to. But whatever yeah. you know this is really funny that you say that because you know like those hallmark cards they're usually like so sappy and meaningless mm -hmm. and sounding so generic or something a couple of years ago i broke my arm pretty bad from falling it was just a stupid mess and i was like bummed out and i had the cast on and i knew it was going to be on for a long time and I had surgery blah 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 and I think I got a card, and I don't remember the wording word for word, but it was something like, like stupid things happen to good people. I don't know why, but just that little Hallmark card thing just made me actually feel better. It, it was, it was, that's all it was. It was a stupid thing. It's like, you know what? And then now you have to just deal with that stupid thing. It's a truism, of course. Yeah. Stupid things do happen to good people. Yeah. So that's all it was, and it, but it just made me feel good. <laughs> I told my friend that I did, I either texted her, emailed her, called her or whatever. And I said, you know, that card just made me laugh and just made me, it just like sunk in. But, you know, I guess everyone uses different strategies for lifting their mood. There's things called light therapy. Have you heard of that? It's like sure. this different color light. Uh, no, what do you mean? You say, sure, like you don't believe it. This, I'm a skeptic. Uh, <laughs> light therapy. Hey, if it works for you, I'm not going to, you know. Uh, generally speaking, I'm in a better mood in a well-lit place than I am in a dark place. So who knows? There could be something to that. But you're saying the color of the light actually makes a difference. No, you can buy lights that are for the purpose of light therapy. But I do right. agree with you. If you can take the fact, you can accept the fact that when you're in a more brightly lit room, it lifts your mood a little bit. So there's obviously some kind of connection between light and your mood. Maybe something like that does help. But now that you asked me that question, I got to tell you something. I have a dry sauna in my house. And when I bought the dry sauna, they said that it helps for all these other different medicinal values and stuff like that. And I don't know that right. I bought into all that. I just like the fact of being able to go into a space and feeling all nice and warm and cozy. But anyway, they have this light thing in there. And I have a setting. You can change the color of the light that's in there. And I think each color is supposed to represent something. Like so, daylight or sunset? No, they actually have colors like blue, green, red. Oh, Like okay. that. It's not like those light bulbs that are like the bright white versus the warm white. I don't mean like that. It actually mm -hmm. changes colors in each color. It's supposed to have some kind of like a, of an aromatherapy thing to it. It has the light thing to it. There actually is a radio too. And I don't know why you would use a radio anymore because now you would just use your phone probably. 
but it does have a radio thing to it. So I don't know. Like I said, when I bought it and it had that feature, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. That sounds wonderful. We should do it together. <laughs> That's a whole different mood lifting. Oh. <laughs> we can do our chat buffet in there. <laughs> Excellent idea. Brilliant. <laughs> it's a dry sauna. You wear all your clothes in there. <laughs> And I do tell um, the rest of my family members, you must wear clothes when you go in there. Because <laughs> I don't want to go in there after you. <laughs> so, uh, well, I know. There okay, you go again. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. Skip that one. <laughs> Out of curiosity, it's dry, hot heat, right? Dry, hot heat. Yeah. They, I think it's called yeah, infrared. You don't really wear your clothes in there, do you? It's infrared heat. Usually I go in there after I'm like exercising or working out. So I might have like shorts and a t-shirt on or something but oh, yeah really? i do have my clothes on yeah oh but i also do lay towels down in there i sit in there and it really warms you up from like the inside out you know how mm. sometimes if you go hiking or walking outside and you're, you feel like that bone chilling cold yeah it's really good for getting rid of that so it's infrared bulbs that that are heating you up yeah but it, interestingly enough you can put your hand on any of those surfaces and it never feels super hot so when I first mm. got it, I thought the thing wasn't working. <laughs> I'm oh. like, why? It, just, it never feels hot. But you sit in there long enough, actually, it really heats up quickly. Uh, so it doesn't take very long, and it warms you up from like the inside out. And it's just very, very relaxing. And how long would you spend in there? So at the highest temperatures, I can probably do like 15, 20 minutes. But yeah. because it's so comfortable, and oftentimes I'll take a book in there, I'll take my iPad in there, and I'll read, I'll do other things. I might knock the temperature down. So instead of like a really high temperature, I just make it warm, but not like super yeah. hot where I'm sweating. And then I can sit in there longer. Ah, uh, but at the high setting after 10 or 15 minutes, you'll be dripping wet. Oh yeah. The high, yeah. I don't think I've ever used a super high setting. I might go up to like 104 when I start mm. and then usually kick it back down. And then at what, like 101, I can keep it at that level for a while. Yeah. I was never really into them. A friend of mine had a sauna that had steam in it. Yeah. And I just found it hard to, hard to breathe in there. Oh, did you? Yeah. Now, I've gone to gyms that have had the, the wet sauna. I think those help in different ways. I didn't want that at home in there. That's fine. I have the dry sauna. I can. I feel like I'm getting other things done. Like I said, reading. I find it very, very relaxing. I can go in there, and then if I, I do it right at night and then go straight mm -hmm. to bed. So oftentimes, I'll even just like wear my pajamas. Oh, and definitely at the lower temperature. At the lower temperature. I'm not I'm not sweating. Right, right, right. Although, I mean, it might be fine to, if you do perspire, then just jump into a, a shower real quick. That I could see. Joe, I have another question for you. You're inquisitive today. <laughs> but that's your job. That's my job. Right, right. Do you chew gum? I'm sorry? Do you chew gum? Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I misheard you. I don't think I want to know what you misheard. <laughs> and the answer is no. You're not a gum chewer? No, I just, you know, once in a while I'll pop a piece in if I need something, keep my mouth busy, I invariably wind up biting my tongue or something. <laughs> I was riding a bike with a friend of mine. We also hike together as well. And I've noticed every time we go biking, she's always chewing gum. Mm. So I was wondering, like, if that's just a thing that she does. I said, oh, you, you know, we started talking about that while we were riding the bike. And she said, yeah, I don't know. Every time I ride a bike, I do chew gum. She goes, I guess I started a long time ago because she was a smoker before, she said. Uh. And so when she stopped smoking, she went to chewing gum. So then that got us into the whole conversation of smoking because she's actually an extremely healthy person. 
in terms mm. of her diet, in terms of her lifestyle, in terms of exercising, being active, doing all that. So when she told me that she used to smoke, I was flabbergasted. I was like, mm. what? You, you were a smoker? It just didn't seem like her at all. You do stupid things in your youth. And she told me she was a lot more overweight. So she lost weight. She stopped smoking. She got more active. She eats very healthy. But when she was smoking, what she said was, it sounded like she smoked quite a bit. She said that anytime she was doing something in the house or wherever she was, whenever she finished a task, it was like her way of stopping to take a break, smoking, yeah. and then going on to the next task. Mm. I never thought of that, but I guess that does make sense. Like if you have a habit and then you start that as a habit, then that kind of becomes right. your thing. It's a ritual at that it point. It becomes a ritual. And I was thinking to myself, like, what kind of things do I do? I was thinking about a friend of mine that I play tennis with. When we're playing a match, every two sets, you switch sides of the court in tennis. Mm -hmm. She would always take her break and she would put chopstick on. Uh. That was her thing. Anytime she went across the net, she stopped at her bag, took out the chopstick, put the chopstick on. How dry can your lips possibly be that she would need them? I wonder if it was just more of a habit thing. Sure it was. Yeah, well, right? Although I've heard some people can get addicted to chapstick. Where they use it obsessively. Oh, that's true. Maybe she was an obsessive user. I mean, I saw her mostly on the courts, and definitely every time we switched sides, she would stop and... Next time you see her, mention to her that admitting you have a problem is the first step. <laughs> she probably wouldn't even see it as a, as a problem. But I also noticed for myself, like I was saying, that I don't drink enough water. I don't know. I must like I have a like a salt addiction because I love salty stuff. I love potato chips. Uh, but on the courts, what I usually do is I bring peanuts with me. So I put them in a bag. Even if it's a match and they give you a little bit of a break, I drink some water. I eat some peanuts. And then it became a thing where I felt like I was playing better when I was eating peanuts. So it became a thing. Like I always have a bag of peanuts in my tennis <laughs> bag now. <laughs> oh, so maybe that... there's some secret ingredients in those peanuts. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. I would chew gum, I guess, but I can't ride a bike and chew gum at the same time. I just don't have the coordination. Uh, I used to be addicted to Coca-Cola, oddly enough. Oh, really? Where, yeah, I, to the point where I would get up in the middle of the night craving it, guzzle it out of a two-liter bottle, and I couldn't get it in my belt. I mean, to the point where my stomach hurt, but I couldn't wow. get enough in. Wow. Yeah. So you think they have some addictive properties in them? I, I had a Coca-Cola monkey on my back. <laughs> It a Coca-Cola monkey, was, is that a funny thing? Is that a saying that I don't know about? A monkey on your back is kind of like you have an addiction. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, but you anyway. and Warren Buffett have a common thing then. I'm done with that. I broke the cycle. Well, no, he still drinks a lot of Coke at oh, his age. A, I don't know how old he is, but at late 70s at least. It ain't a health drink. No, not for sure. <laughs> a lot of calories, phosphoric acid, citric acid, the syrup itself. Who knows what's in that thing? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen those experiments that were done where they put like dentures into a cup of Coke? Yeah. And then the dentures come out like really gross. And so that's yeah, but the oddly kind of enough, happening. They had a couple of double blind studies. They had water, they had Coke, they had uh, something, they had uh, orange juice. The orange juice eroded the teeth faster than any of them. I guess I can believe that because orange juice is so acidic. It is so acidic. Yeah. So you'll find tooth wear in people who bite into a lot of oranges, for instance. Oh, really? Yeah. They tell you not to do that. Not to bite into? Not suck on oranges all day, that kind uh, of thing. Uh, uh, uh. How about lemons? Same thing. <laughs> Darn it. Limes. <laughs> tell me Go you chew on, on lemons. lemons. I do. I like sucking on lemons. <sighs> uh. <laughs> not so much a lime. 
See, now this is where Ricky and I have a difference because with our drinks, I like using lemon as a yeah. as a thing, like for whether it's like a margarita or whatever. And he likes the taste of wine better. Wanda does. If I'm making Cosmos, yeah. I'll use a whole lime for for the both of us, uh-huh. and she'll come over and she'll start sniffing out of the shaker because <laughs> of the flavor of the it's lime. Like a beautiful bouquet. She loves the smell of lime, lime and oh. taste of lime. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Now I like a, a key lime pie. That I like lime. I've got limes that are dropping off the tree now. <gasps> I, I must have, I must have two dozen of them. That oh my gosh. I might have to throw them away actually <gasps> because you can't use them fast enough. Oh, wow. And they're so juicy. They're just wonderful. Oh, I can imagine because they're fresh off your tree. Yeah. If you were around, I'd give you a bunch. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I would love that. Ricky has a cousin in California, and uh, they had a lime tree and a lemon tree. Mm. And they just had bushels and bushels of lemons and limes over the summer. Of course, it's a warmer climate. It's a tree in the ground, not like the one you have or the one you gave me, which is in a pot. I once called on a customer. I drove to his location. It was in, if I remember correctly, he was in Arizona. And it was a town called Citrus Grove. Oh. It's kind of an odd name. Yeah. But I went to his house in Citrus Grove. And I see why they called it Citrus Grove. They put all these homes in. And everywhere around them were the remnants of a citrus grove. So there were orange trees, lemon trees, grapefruit, (gasps) limes. And they were just rotting on the ground. There There were fruit flies everywhere. Oh. And I asked him, why, why don't you just make like lemonade or something? Yeah. Don't you like lemons or, or, or oranges? Said, yeah, you can only have so much of that stuff. After a while, it just uh, enough's enough. So much abundance that right. it just all went to waste. Right, right, right. Well, same with Ricky's cousin that was living in California in her backyard. I don't think you could physically eat that many lemons or limes. They were at all different stages, like the ones on the trees that were yellow or green, and then the ones that just had fallen that were still an appropriate color. And then there's ones that are like all brown and mushy and just been like rotting there for a while. Ooh. But anyway, the question was about chewing gum. And I think it's just really interesting what habits people have, different things that people do just out of habit. And you don't even realize that you do it. You make a connection between two different activities. The cigarette smoking, there are people who at the end of a meal, they would go outside and have a smoke. That was right. the way they settled their stomach. Yes. Well, it had nothing said. to do with their stomach, really. It was just after a while, it just became a ritual. Right. Uh, maybe it was a way that they would socialize with other smokers, but it's kind of like knuckle cracking. Oh, uh, is somebody... that a habit or that? For me, I don't think it's a habit. It's like I feel something and then I feel I know that if I crack my knuckles, it'll it'll relieve that, relieve that. Yeah, it's basically feeling. air bubbles in the liquid that surrounds your joints and you have to release them. There are times where I feel like I need to crack my knuckles. And um, <laughs> like if I'm, sitting down, if I'm sitting down to play the guitar, I'll do it then. But it's because my joints are stiff and I want them to be flexible. Oh, I know the, another habit that I have that I didn't realize that I had. This is when I was working and I was working in the cubicle. I didn't realize that I did this. But anytime I picked up the phone to call somebody, before I picked up the phone to call to somebody, I got <clears throat> like that. And I didn't realize <laughs> I was doing that. And someone pointed it out to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. The guy That's in the cube right next to me said, oh, you're about to make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say to you, I don't think I'm a person of habit. Like, I don't necessarily have things like that. But then I just thought of something else, too. And I remember this from college. Every time I sat down to study, I would take my hair and put it in a ponytail. Oh, to keep it out of to your get, eyes? To keep it out of my face, yeah, while I'm, like, oh. bending down to study. So I mm. you know, always like. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. But it wasn't until my roommate pointed it out to me that I realized that I did that. 
So one habit that I have that I, I didn't know I had until Wanda and Cora independently pointed it out to me, I'm half dead in the morning. I'll shuffle over to the coffee maker, and when it's finally gurgling, you hear that, that gurgle of yeah. life, I'll reach over, I'll put the sugar and the cream in, I'll take a sip of coffee, and I'll moan with pleasure every time I take that first sip. <laughs> like, uh. And I never realized that came out of my mouth. Immediately, I feel this elixir of life swelling across my face. I feel like my IQ just shot up 20 points. <laughs> And meanwhile, I thought you were a morning person because I know Wanda's not a morning person. Well, I'm I'm up at that hour. I'm not going to sleep until seven or eight o'clock. Yeah, in the morning. you're pretty much an early riser, and you get up yeah. and get moving. And I know you guys used to go exercising early in the morning because when Wanda first told me that, I'm like, "You're doing what? <laughs> that must <laughs> definitely be Joe's influence on you." She won out. I don't I think so. I think you won out. Meaning that we used to go to the the, the gym, gym in the morning. Yeah. Okay, here we go. 5 a.m. Let's get to the gym oh right now. And, and after a while, well, I just want another cup of coffee, Joe. Can you wait just five minutes? Okay. <laughs> well, let me just stretch a little here first. I don't want to just see it at the end of this program. Okay, we're here at the gym, but I can only stay 20 minutes. I have a phone call at 8. <laughs> so she won out. The only stories she told me were that, oh, Joe and I went to work out by 5 o'clock. So that's all I heard. So I'm like, wow, that's impressive. Well, that's because it hurt her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was impressed. Well, another serving of a chat buffet is over for now. It was great chatting with you. And you, Asha, looking forward to our next chat. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for decompressing with us today. Also, feel free to share the link with your friends and family and talk about these topics amongst yourselves. Meet you at the next chat buffet, a place where friendly conversation is served up on a regular basis.